Uh, we love to have the kids come out for baptisms uh, because it's good for them to see uh, children, students, and adults going public with their faith and uh, sharing their love for Christ and how He has saved them. And in many ways, uh, baptisms serve as this opportunity for one generation to tell the next generation about our great God. So uh, that's why we bring them out, and we just absolutely love that. So we're also excited this morning to have a missionary family that we dearly love around here uh, at Cross Point. Darren and Jane Friedinger and their, and their girls, Kate and Elizabeth, are back this morning. You guys want to come on up? And uh, Darren and Jane serve with Isaiah 55 Deaf Ministries in Reynosa, Mexico, and they're a Cross Point family that has uh, been sent out. And uh, we're thrilled that they're back to share how we can be praying for them and, how, and share how the Lord is using Isaiah 55. Thanks, everybody. We are excited to be back. We were on the way into church this morning, and we see an important sign. Craig Boehner's running for sheriff. Wow, that's exciting. A lot has happened since we moved away. We, just, um, we put together a little PowerPoint just to share a little bit about our year. Most of it was spent in language learning which has a way of completely humbling you because you feel like you're talking like a kindergartner. Um, and you can't, you can't speed up that process. But we've done a lot of language learning. I don't know, completely dangerous and can't speak English anymore. Um, <clears throat> but we also had some work teams, and we just wanted to share a little bit about what we've done this far. So if you want to go ahead to the next slide. Um, one of the first big teams we had was we hosted medical clinics and a health fair um, this was a week straight team. We partnered with the Apostolic Christian World Relief Organization and held clinics all over the city of Reynosa and out beyond that. Um, and this is a time of not just addressing their medical concerns, but it's also a, a time to address their spiritual concerns. And just one quick story from the trip. This was my first time translating for nurses, and I was already a little bit scared. I had messed up and a lady told me she was having pain in her bones, and I thought she said the word eggs, and I didn't know what that huevos and huesos, whatever, but anyway, so I was already like really nervous, but I had a young, a young woman come up, and she had a young girl with her, and through the translation, I finally figured out um, that this young girl, and I'm going to get a little bit medical on you, she had been urinating blood, and if you've ever been a foster mom, <clears throat> you, you kind of know what that means, um, it usually means that there's been some abuse of a child, and this girl was having trouble making eye contact with me, she was probably about nine years old. And immediately, um, my heart sank because this story is repeated all over the world, but especially um, in an area where income is low, and sometimes moms do things to make ends meet um, that they wouldn't do if circumstances were different. So I was able to get her in with the doctor. I, I went and told my sister Erin, who's much better at Spanish than me, that we needed a high-level translator for this young girl to go in to see the doctor. And sure enough, we found out that her, her mom worked in a factory by day and at night was selling herself. And while she was working, while the mom was working in the factory during the day, she allowed her boyfriend to care for her two daughters. Um, and so luckily we were able to connect... Um, it was actually a pastor's wife who had brought the two girls, and they were trying to care for them during the day and kind of watch out for them. But they had to be careful because if the if the mom found out, she would have probably uprooted the girls and taken off. Um, and so we couldn't do an invasive exam and everything else. But through that, we kind of pieced it together. We were able to put um, this young girl in touch with two what would be the equivalent of social workers in the city of Reynosa who are now watching out for her. But this is just 
one of millions of stories that happened in Reynosa. And there was so much, the one thing that I really realized throughout this medical clinic is that um, there's so much spiritual darkness. It's not just, it's just not physical sickness. It's a, it's a spiritual darkness as these women would come and they would pour out their hearts. And I was, you know, barely translating and, and I don't know why they trusted me with, with this, with this information, but it was, um, it was really heavy to know that the, that there is a people that are desperate for a God that brings hope. And you could feel after they had been through their time, even just talking to the translators and to the doctors, that that weight was starting to come off again. Um, so anyway, that was one, and I'll turn it over to Darren for the next one. Oh, I'm so glad you put that picture in there. Um, this was a trip to... Uh, a we were hosting a team from Austin that's come down several years, and we went to a local food bank who was helping, or who distributes food throughout the city of Reynosa, and one of the things we were doing was putting in some garden gardening and some, did some compost. Uh, we built a box for composting, and that's what you see me doing there. Uh, that's the team, obviously, and you see a picture up there is Jane and one of the other girls there sorting through one of thousands of bags of rice for weevils which is kind of gross to think about. But anyway, um, so that, that team was a lot of fun. Like I said, they've been down for many years, and they've got a good partnership with our ministry. And they later on, I, think, I don't know if we have pictures, but in the afternoon we did uh, a sports camp with one of the local orphanages there as well. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, unfortunately, we had to, one of the guys uh, break his wrist or sprain his wrist. I forget if it was officially broken or not, but... He had a lot of fun doing it, but he had a little bit of medical bill on top of the added the fun that he had there. So, um, what is all this? <laughs> this is what happens when I put together the slideshow, right? So we hosted three different vacation Bible school sessions. Um, one was at an alternative school, which is kind of the last stop for kids that haven't been able to have probably good enough behavior to stay in regular schools, and also the street kids attend this school. Um, it's very close to the mission. And um, so we did one there. We had an integrated one with the deaf and the hearing, um, which is always interesting because you're doing sign language in addition to singing in Spanish, so you're feeling very trilingual at the time. And then um, oh, and then on to um, just some additional construction. We put roofs on the school. We added a room for them to be able to sell school supplies for the school to be making a little bit more money and, um, and building relationships with the students. And you may be saying, well, I thought you worked with deaf kids. Why are you doing urban gardening and medical clinics? And, um, and really the, the, school has, the school began as a, almost like a parent-child relationship. Um, and now we're really in a partnership relationship with national with nationals that run the school. And our job is to make sure that it continues to stay funded. And some of these projects around the city are to increase that funding. Those teams coming in bring funding for the school. It also builds relationships in the city. Um, and so that's why, even though we are a deaf ministry, we really do much more than just work with the deaf. We work with the city of Reynosa as best we can. And some of you may be saying, <clears throat> well, what about your kids, you know? How are they doing in the transition? So we brought a few slides. Yeah, they're doing fine. They taught every team how to play Foursquare. 
they, uh, they jumped in with great gusto to everything we did. They knew everyone's names on the team. They'd rearranged the glow-in-the-dark stars on their walls into the initials of the people they had seen. You know, on the trip, they would email. I mean, they're emailing teenage and college girls after the trip, and it's hysterical. Um, but just the next few slides are just so you can know that they're doing fine. <laughs> they mixed concrete. They painted. They carried block. They dug trenches. And they played uh, all sorts of games, and they are, they're doing really well. They're really a bridge for our ministry because um, the language barrier doesn't seem to happen with them. Kids are kids, and they, they love to play soccer and, and do all sorts of stuff. So just wanted to th say thank you. I don't know if many of you know, but Crosspoint's a, um, been a fantastic supporter of our ministry and of us personally down there, and we're so grateful. We could not do this ministry without you. We're just we're so proud to be a part of Crosspoint. All right, um, before they get off the stage, I want to pray for them. So let's pray together. Father God, I thank you so much for Darren and Jane. I thank you for Kate and Elizabeth. I thank you for the call that you have on their lives to serve you in this way. And I pray that you would uh, give them abundant um, joy as they serve, Lord. I pray that they would abide in you and that uh, their love for you would only overflow to those they serve uh, alongside and those they, that they serve in the Reynosa area. I pray for abundant fruit to come from this uh, ministry. We know that apart from you, we can do nothing, but uh, when we abide in you, that fruit happens, and I pray that uh, that fruit would happen, and the lives would be changed, and not only the deaf, but uh, the entire city, and uh, that you would transform uh, lives, transform households in this, um, in this area, and for your honor and for your glory. I pray that your gospel would expand, and your kingdom would take up new ground when it comes to Reynosa and that area. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. All right, um, in the midst of uh, the angel's announcement to the shepherds, the angel said this in Luke 2, uh, verses 10 and 11. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will, that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is Messiah. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I've always loved how the angel said that this good news is for all the people. That is such a good reminder as we hear and consider about how lives are changing in Reynosa through Isaiah 55 how we hear and consider how lives are being changed here locally and baptisms and people going public with their faith in that way and how the good news is just expanding and growing, whether it's uh, globally or locally. The last couple of weeks we've been doing, uh, using Christmas carols to kind of launch into what we talk about uh, that day from the Bible. We've been pulling out a line or two from them and then looking at the biblical truth that sits behind those lyrics. And today we're going to look at the carol, O Come Emmanuel. Now, we're not actually going to go any further than the title, and we're just going to land on the word Emmanuel. Today, with just a few days until Christmas, I want to take the time that we have remaining to remind us of who Jesus is. And my hope is it will serve as an encouragement to you and me that uh, we're talking about one of the most wonderful pieces of truth in all of Scripture, in all of uh, 66 books, from Genesis to Revelation, in every chapter, every verse. This is one of the most significant history-changing truths in the Bible. My prayer is that you and I, no matter where we're at in our relationship with Christ, uh, whether we are Christ-centered, where Jesus is Lord, He is Savior of our lives, that He is not just a part of our life, but He is our life, He's the bread of our life, He is the living water that we, that we thrive on, whether we're there or we're still seeking out about who He is, we're still exploring about 
who Christ is uh, and what that means to us. And if we're honest, he's really not Lord and Savior of our life. We might be trying to live a moral life, but he's not really Lord and Savior of our life. Yet, no matter where we're at on that spectrum, my prayer is that you and I would come face to face with the truth of Emmanuel this morning. And we wouldn't simply kind of give it this kind of head toss of acknowledgement like, yeah, yeah, okay. But we would have open ears and open hands and open eyes to hear from the God of the universe who loves you and is most definitely still speaking and most definitely still at work in each of our lives. If you have a Bible, open it up to Matthew 1. Uh, If you don't, the verses will be up on the screen. The context of these verses, Joseph and Mary are pledged to be married. Uh, Mary gets pregnant through the Holy Spirit because she gets pregnant out of wedlock. And because Joseph didn't want to disgrace her in public, he intends to quietly divorce her. And then we pick up the story in Matthew 1.20, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. Now, verse 23 is actually going to quote the Old Testament. The prophet he's going to be talking about is Isaiah, and it's referencing Isaiah 7.14. Now, keep in mind, Isaiah 7.14 was written 700 plus years before Jesus was ever born. And this is just one of the multitude of prophecies that in Scripture that have either come to pass or will come to pass. Fulfilled prophecies is one of these evidences that in the Bible, that the Bible is not just some dusty history book. But its living and its words are active and relevant. And its words do not find their origin in the human mind, but are inspired by the Holy Spirit. In other words, they're breathed out by God. And if you're here and you're skeptical and you're just kind of wondering, okay, what's this Bible? Where do I start? Or you're brand new to reading the Bible. Our encouragement to you is always to start in the book of John. Get to know Jesus. Get to know who Jesus is. As you read it, pray and ask God to help you understand what you're reading. And if you need a good Bible, if you don't have a good Bible, if the only Bible you have is the giant coffee table Bible that's been handed down with a naked baby angel on the front of it, and it's just like it's kind of difficult to carry around and difficult to understand, my encouragement to you is get a free Bible at Guest Connections. If you need a study Bible, we have those as well. Just let us know. We'd love to give that to you as a resource. So then verse 23 says, this prophecy written in Isaiah 7.14 says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Have you ever thought to yourself, uh, maybe you wouldn't uh, have the guts to say it out loud, but you've thought to yourself, boy, God just seems far off right now. He just feels so distant right now. And I'm I'm talking that you know Jesus, he's your savior, and yet you just feel like you're kind of walking through this desert right now. And you're wondering, is he really with me? Really? Emmanuel? Really? Really? Or maybe you don't know Jesus yet and you've always made God out in this image that he is this divine creator. He's just kind of aloof or far off, kind of keeps his distance, stays above the mess or the chaos of our world. Or like he's the grandpa on the rocking chair that that kind of just watches the grandkids play but doesn't get on his knees and engage in those relationships with the grandkids on the floor playing. Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. See, this is one of the most encouraging pieces of truth in all of Scripture. Up until this point in, in Matthew 1, up until Jesus comes to dwell among us here on this earth, God has not come near his people in such a personal way. 
If you remember the story of Moses, Moses couldn't even get the full extent of God's glory without it killing him. So God's never come this close in a personal way. John 1.14 tells us that the word, that God has come in the flesh and dwelt among us, he has come near. Our God is a relational God who does not stay above the mess or the chaos of our world or of our individual lives. He is not a God who is aloof or cold or stands off at a distance or sees us stranded, alone, or lost and says, good luck with that. Oh, boy, it looks like you really got yourself into a mess. Good luck with that. That's not our God. See, far, far too often we make God out in our image rather than allowing the word of God to define his nature and character. God with us, Emmanuel. The problem is that many of us just don't believe that truth. We just don't. Some of you think that, yeah, that, that in the midst of the trial right now, that he has forsaken you. Or in the middle of the mess that he has left you. Or some of you feel like you've done too much. Your, your life is too stained for God to be with you. Or some of you believe that you haven't done enough. Or that you've ignored God for far too long. So the idea that God has come near is just something that you believe for other people, like the person down your aisle, the other person in your household, that friend, that coworker. You believe it for them, but you don't believe it for your own heart. See, Matthew one twenty three tells us otherwise. Jesus has come. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is God for us. He is God born of a woman for us. He is God born to live a perfect life for us so that he could be the spotless Perfect sacrifice for our sin. He is God born to die for you and I. This is the essence of why we celebrate Christmas. That our God came to us. That God didn't simply become a man because he wanted to kind of test out the the feel of being a human. That he became flesh because he wanted to come near. The book of Colossians tells us that Jesus is the image of the invisible God. That in the person of Jesus, we see our God. We get to know the nature and character of our God when we look at Christ. At Christmas, we are reminded that our God pursues us, that he is pursuing you. That no matter if you you love and are devoted to Jesus with everything that you have, or you're completely against the things of God and not even sure there is a God, Emmanuel, our God, is pursuing you. He is most definitely at work in you if you and I will pause long enough to recognize it, if you and I will drop our pride long enough to recognize it. His grace is most definitely at work. For those who are in Christ, the truth of Emmanuel is this massive encouragement to us. That the all-powerful, all-knowing, forever good God is with us. That he has not left us, he has not forsaken us, but he has come near So when the doctor tells you it does not look good, God is with you as your healer, whether that's here on this earth or in eternity. When you're tempted to chase after sin or some momentary false pleasure, God is with you, praying on your behalf and giving you a way of escape. When you feel alone, he is with you as your counselor. When you're not sure how things are going to get paid, but when you're seeking first his kingdom, God is there as your provider. When you're out of wisdom and unsure of where to step, God has generously given you wisdom when you ask for it. When your heart is overcome with grief, God is there, is with you as your comfort. When everything around you seems to be crumbling or changing on you, He is with you as your rock and anchor. When all hope seems lost, He is with you as your hope. 
When you're lost in your sin, God is with you as your Savior. When you're feeling chained up to addiction, God is with you as your deliverer. And when the marriage is full of conflict and feels like it's pretty much over, God is with you as your reconciler. Emmanuel, God is with you. The question that we must ask ourselves this morning in response to that truth is, are we with God? For the Christ follower here, for the person who has put your faith and trust in Jesus for your salvation, the direction of your life is not about you, but it's all about him, and you're, you're growing to be more like him for the believer here. Are we living and walking in such a way that we're aware that God is with you? Because remember, when you're in Christ, you've been given the Holy Spirit to dwell in you and empower your life and lead you to truth and convict you and counsel you and guide you. Are you aware that when you go to work and when you go to school, when you go home and when you're alone and when you go to that family gathering this week and you're not sure about how that's going to... Are you aware that the Holy Spirit is with you? That He has not left you? That God is with you? That according to... Psalm 139, that there is no place you can go to outrun him or hide. According to Romans 8, nothing, no thing can separate you from the love of Christ found in Jesus our Lord. See, our God is not some incapable, not some incapable, tired, grandfather figure. He is a great, almighty, one true, holy, just God. Nothing is impossible with him. Nothing is too big for him. Our role as his followers is to walk in humility, to walk in an attitude of confession and repentance and in a way that's continually aware in everything that we do, in all that we do, that he is Emmanuel, that he is God with us. See, our God is good enough to be with us. He is that good to be with us. But apart from faith in Christ, we are not good enough to be with him. Our hearts are bent towards sin. Each of our hearts and lives have been stained with sin. We've fallen short of God's perfection. None of us, especially the pastor, none of us can read the Ten Commandments and make it through that exam spotless. It's like number one, number two. None of us can get through there clean. None of us can. But remember, our God is Emmanuel. He has and he is pursuing us. So even though we are unable completely unable, I've tried, completely unable to clean up our sin, to kind of wipe it away on our own, to fix it on our own, to fix our disobedience on our own. Even though we're unable and incapable, God sent Jesus to be with us, to rescue us, to forgive us, and to clean up the mess. See, Matthew one twenty one says, she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus was born for one purpose, to seek and save that which was lost. He has come to save us from our sins. He has come to set us free from being enslaved. He has come to give us abundant and eternal life to save us from God's one-day judgment. In short, Jesus has come to rescue us, to rescue you. To become a Christ follower means that we repent or turn from our sin. We have this change of mind, a change of living, and then we put our soul trust, our soul faith in Jesus alone for our salvation. Then we give up trying to earn our salvation. That's what I did growing up. It was all about being the moral kid. It was all about being good at this or 
good at that and avoid this taboo sin and all these kind of things. It had nothing to do with salvation. Salvation is not by works, but it's by grace alone. It's, it's through faith. And, and so that we give up trying to earn our salvation. And we admit that we need rescuing, that we're in the middle of the sea and we can't get to shore on our own, that we need rescuing. It also means that the rest of our life from this point forward is now not about us. It's all about him. It's fixed on Jesus. He is not only savior of our hearts, savior of our lives, but he is Lord of our life. And so you begin this adventure of following and obeying him, but you don't do it alone. This is not about you, Jesus, and your Bible, and that's, and that's that. Yes, there's an individual component. He saves individual lives, but then he brings you, adopts you into the family of God and gives you brothers and sisters, a family of God, to walk out a relationship with Christ. He, he calls us to do it in community. So if you have questions about what it means to become a Christ follower, you can talk to a volunteer here who will be up the stage after the service. You can talk to somebody here who maybe they invited you or you know that they love Jesus and you could talk to them. You could always talk to Eric or myself. It'd be a great honor to listen and come alongside you to help you meet God who is our Emmanuel. So be encouraged and be reminded this year, Crosspoint, over the next few days that our God is with us. He has come. He's coming again. He is Emmanuel. And we are forever and eternally grateful. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you that you are Emmanuel, that you are with us. And I pray that we would really wrestle this week the question of, are we with you? God, I pray that you'd help us to be honest and authentic, knowing that you love us, knowing that you have our best interests in mind, whether we know you as Savior and Lord or we don't yet. I pray that we would wrestle that question. Are we truly with you? Do we know you? Are we aware of your presence in our lives? Remind us of your presence this week. Remind us maybe when difficulty or uh, just kind of a, a situation comes up over the next few days, I pray that we'd be reminded that you're with us. And for the people here who don't know you, Jesus, it would be my, my, just my prayer that I'm begging you that they would know you this season. They repent and believe that, God, that you would just supernaturally step into their life and remind them that you are with them, your great love for them and the plan of salvation. I thank you that our hope, our anchor is in you and you alone. And Jesus, we love you. I pray that you be glorified by, and honored by how we live and act this week. We're grateful for Christmas. We're grateful that it's a reminder that you love us and you came near. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Uh, Christmas Eve, we have one service at 4.30, so we encourage you to Invite you to be there, invite a friend, and Merry Christmas if we don't see you. God bless.